I'm so happy to be chatting with you today on the podcast. I have Lona and I ha- also have Barbara. They will introduce themselves further. But yeah, these are the two um, engineers that I know and I'm proud of. So today is a pleasure and a privilege to be exchanging mind. And I am Reg slash Regina slash Regina. Um, and yeah, let me introduce myself a little bit. Um, um, from Hammerskull in South Africa, and I studied electrical and computer engineering at the University of Cape Town. And this is actually where I got the pleasure of meeting Lona and Barbara. And yeah, after graduating, I um, before even graduating, I did some things. Um, like uh, trying to run a small game studio and I was making games. Okay. And yeah, after qualifying, I went to do an instrumentation in for at Chevron. And there I was refining um, or helping to refine oil with my team. And my team was focused on like the instrumentation of the plant and automation automating yeah the pressures on on the containers we had there and I really missed uh, software engineering so I found my way back to software engineering with uh, Vodacom and there I focused more on uh, financial um, tech or financial uh, services contributed to their mobile app and uh, contributed to what they now call the page. And right now I'm still interested in uh, how money moves around um, with the company called and their focus is money around the continent and they believe that access is the only currency so be able to send money, send text on WhatsApp or as easy as I can send Barbara and emoji on WhatsApp, so money should be. And yeah, I will now hand over to Barbara, and then Barbara, you can pass it to Lona, and you ladies can introduce yourself. Welcome, welcome to this podcast of Talking Algorithms. Thank you. Thanks, Regina. Um, so yes, uh, my beginning was almost similar, or not almost, it's very similar to Rachel's and Lorna's. Um, also studied electrical and computer engineering at UCT. And then instead of going into the workplace, I then decided to study further just because at that time, I don't know what was going on, but industry was not like taking in graduates as much as they are nowadays in terms of tech um so I found it very hard to find a job so I was like you know what let me go back to school diversify my skill set and see if I can land a better you know job once I'm done so I went back and I did my master's in space studies um after qualifying I then worked as a software engineer at this company called Nautic International, um, and they're concerned with counting, basically counting cars, counting people's, whether they're in malls or in parkades, the company counts. Um, and yeah, they're international as well as local. 
Um, then after that, I spent about two and a half years there. Um, and so I've just been recently appointed to a new position um, at RAIN. I am in the DevOps department. Um, so it's a bit of the same um, work that I did when I was at Nautic International. It's just a bit, um, obviously with DevOps, is like operations side of it as well, um, that um, my, my position entails, you know. And yeah, that's where I am currently. And I've been there since September. And yeah, let me pass it over to Lorna. Thanks, Bubs. Thanks, Bridge. A massive thanks, by the way, to Reg for inviting us to be part of Talking Algorithms. I'm super excited about this initiative. I think it's super cool. And I look forward to seeing, you know, how it evolves and how it grows. So I'm Lonel King and I'm many things, but I can summarize myself as a creative technologist. So my work falls at the intersection where art, culture and tech collide. Um, similar to, to Babs and Regina, electrical and computer engineering, but engineering to me has always been an art form and has always been a medium to allow um, us to push the boundaries of creative expression. Um, yeah, so over the past you know, couple of years, you probably find me in film studios, art studios, um, tech firms. It's been a very interesting mix um, from Vodafone to Google to um, future females. Um, yeah, experimentation in the culture space as well. Um, yeah, but it's 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 an interesting mix of all those pieces. Um, yeah, that's how I would probably describe myself and what I do. Over Reg. Thank you, Lona. Thank you, Barbara, for sharing um, your stories. I quickly want us to. Um, go through the things we'll be talking about today. I want us ladies to talk about money, 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 money. And uh, mostly with the twist to the algorithms, how are algorithms enabling the movement of money in today's world? And maybe let's reflect on how we have uh, sent money to someone or to pay a service or a product in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, just go through uh, their experience. Uh, what were you paying for? How did you pay for it? And maybe if you are open to sharing the reasons why you were making that payment. And then we'll, we'll then move to um, chatting a little bit about the apps or the algorithms that enable such a transaction. And um, yeah, let's reflect on the apps or the web applications we've been using, or even if it's a system, you know, if you went to a kiosk close to you or you went to a shop close to you and you send money using that. Am I audible now, Lona? Hello, Red. I think I lost you there. But yeah, if I if I got you, if I got mm -hmm. you right, it is you know how what what our spending looked like past you know over the past couple of weeks. So I'm in Uganda at the moment. I may not have mentioned that. And in Uganda, the digital realm is controlled by mobile money. Um, so this is a this is an innovation that came in a couple of years 
uh, probably 10, 15, 20 years. Would it be 20? I'm not quite sure of the specifics in terms of dates, but it's mobile money has ruled East Africa for a while. And it's one of those mm -hmm. very brilliant innovations that, you know, when I keep when we keep saying that Africa the way we respond to new tech or the way we respond to um, innovation is quite peculiar. What would typically work in the West may not ideally work here, and what may work here, specifically East Africa or Sub-Saharan Africa, may not um, necessarily work um, 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 in the West. And we saw that with mobile money, um, the introduction of the mobile phone, and these were dummy phones, and then mobile money as this medium of transaction um, that had never been seen before. Um, we had the traditional banks that were very kind of elitist, very controlled. Um, and then we had this other, you know, tech that came in and just kind of just democratized the entire financial um, sector. So yeah, so mobile money is a big thing now. You'll use it to purchase pretty much everything from tickets to basic utilities, water, electricity, um, pay bills, pay education, tuition, um, yeah, it's it's by data, transact, by shares. <laughs> so it's mm. if, you're, if you're interested in buying, I think MTN went MP, IPO had its IPO recently, and we we could, um, you know, buy 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 shares using mobile money. So it has. Yeah, um, that's yeah. so nice. That's so, it, so nice. So mobile money has Lona, given banks. Our, yes. Yeah, 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 Lona. Um. Let's talk a little bit about what is mobile money for people in the South, you know, or in the West, in Lagos or in Johannesburg. Uh, oh. What is mobile money exactly? So mobile money is heavily run by telcos. So it's basically your, your bank mobile money, your bank on your phone. And by bank, I mean your your by by phone I mean your dummy phone. I'm not talking of high tech smartphone. I'm talking like about USSD. USSD. Yes, we're talking wow. about USSD. Um, hmm. and, and that is how transactions are being made, and that's how um, loans are being uh, purchased. Um, yeah. So it started off kind of um, kind of micro level USSD. You could buy airtime. You could you know transfer money from you know Regina to Barbara and Lona across the country. Um, it's spread across um, I think regions now. You can make transactions. If I'm not, I haven't necessarily made transactions out of Uganda, but you can make yeah, you, um, you transactions. Can. Yeah, you can make transactions hmm. across um, across the region, um, East Africa predominantly, but also across Africa, I think, and other countries. But also the really cool thing is, you know, mobile money, at least MTN mobile money, some of the biggest players are MTN and Safari, Safaricom, I think that's in Kenya with its M-Pesa, but I'll speak for, yeah, I'll hmm. speak for um, MTN because that's the one that I'm more familiar with. But all the big telcos ideally then came in and just kind of disrupted um, the financial sector, and that is what they they have been able to do. I think right now it's pivoted to a point that because of that massive disruption, um, mobile money has been registered as a standalone entity. So telcos have had to register mm -hmm. it um, as a standalone and not just as, as a, an in-house product that they were offering because <laughs> because of um, you know they were, they were just kind of rubbing the banks um, the banks the wrong mm -hmm. way. And also factoring in that their costs were pretty high. You know, there's all this craziness involved. But I think yeah. now we have some 
yeah, mm-hmm. some some yeah. some some policies in place. But I think the cool thing, uh, what mobile money really really did was the solution for the unbanked, and you could yeah. be able to transfer, you know, um, fifty thousand Ugandan shillings, or you know, whether it's two dollars two dollars or five dollars to your grandmother, you know, yeah. deep in her village, she didn't have to move, and you just had this mobile agent, and you just withdraw the cash, or you can deposit the cash, whatever. But you did not necessarily have to, yes, access. Yeah. It was, I think that was what, that's the keyword, Reg, yes, access. That's what mobile access. money then allowed, um, allowed, um, you know, the unbanked sector um, mm. to, to experience, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. It's, oh. it's also quite interesting to um, just speak a little bit on access because, uh like if you have a phone, you don't need anything else. Like in South Africa, if you need a bank account or you need to mm. keep a record of your finances, you'll have to have even like proof of residence, you know, yeah. and certain things that uh, some people don't have. If you like seeking refugee in South Africa, you might not even have your ID or your passport and you might not, you might be staying somewhere where actually it's hard to get um I think uh, a proof of residence, and we also know in South Africa, homelessness is a strong yes. thing. And it has pushed the, a lot of people out. And when you are mentioning um, mobile money, Lona, I'm thinking of like how it opens up the space, you know, uh, for for everyone to, to start participating, especially on the macro level, like you're saying, if you're just trying to send 100 uh, Ugandan shillings, to someone who's in remote areas, yeah, that that will um, that was uh, quite giving them access in in many ways. Uh, Can I just say something about that point? Um, like mm. obviously we send money home to Uganda and stuff, um, but what what normally has happened in the past? My parents used to use things like Western Union, you know. Um, but I think as time has progressed, they've realized that there are other things that they can use that offer better interest rates and stuff like that. So one thing that my mom and my dad now use is the F&B Forex um, to send money. And so technically they'll send the money and then um, whoever, let's say my aunt on the other side gets the money, she will then... Um, but first of all, whoever sends it has to make sure that they have sent enough. So if I'm sending 100 rand, I want 100 rand to reach my aunt in terms of value. I'd have to send obviously more to account for the drawing out fees and the the, the interest charged, you know. Um, and then once my aunt gets the money, she distributes it. But for me, I don't know, I've always just thought that if my aunt gets the money, she's distributing it in terms of like physical money. That's in my head, right? Because they... They always um, have to go to like a physical place to get the money to draw it out. But now when Lorna speaks about mobile money and stuff, um, my aunt possibly could get that money, but still distribute the money, I guess, on her cell phone and then deposit that in her account, you know. Um, But for us, the money leaving South Africa, we never think about or we've never thought about, okay, let's use mobile money here and send it directly to somebody. We always go through a middleman so it's just it's quite interesting to know that there's a possibility of sending it without touching a third party you know yeah 
For sure. And that's also leading us to maybe the next point of um, the experience we've had lately with sending money to someone or paying for something. And maybe let's review, because uh, I have an interesting story of how, uh, so I'm currently in, in Zanzibar working remotely here, and I needed to send myself some money. And I have tried a couple of ways. I have used the Mbesa here, uh, the, and then I have also used uh, the Mama Money. I'm quite interested to share the Mama Money story because of what you just mentioned, Barbara. And it was quite an experience because us in South Africa, we we have so many uh, POS point of, of point of sales where you can just tap wherever you go. It's even getting to another level of like Zepa and uh, Snapscan, you know. And we never really thought or stretched ourselves to try look at uh, the banks. How how can we innovate on our finances? And I think the blessing in this case for people in the East is that there isn't, at least uh, from what I'm experiencing from uh, Zanzibar, there there isn't like a lot of point of sales. There isn't a lot of ATMs and mobile money here is everything from like buying your bread, you know, to paying someone who just worked. If you're not, oh, you will have to carry cash everywhere because it's like heavily cash-based. And uh, so, yeah, ladies, let's go to uh, sharing our experiences. Maybe I will start with my uh, Mama Money experience. So I downloaded Mama Money, and I think I could uh, send myself around 1,000 a day without giving them uh, my KYCs, my KYCs being the information that is needed to verify my identity. So I could literally send 1,000 as an unknown from Mama Money to, to myself or someone else. Uh, and then after I registered, so I took a picture of my ID, I took a picture of proof of residence, and all of that took uh, less than an hour to verify. I don't know if it's automated or someone is actually looking at these things. And it was quite easy to, to register. The issue now came with, uh, no, it was actually while I was registering, the issue came with uh, trying, yeah, I think it's automated now that I think about it because uh, the system kept rejecting me, saying that uh, it doesn't see my ID properly or something related to the, the visibility of the document I shared. And when they do that, they actually shared like a link where I can just press on WhatsApp and then uh, speak to an agent on WhatsApp. So half of it, it's slightly automated. I will go to WhatsApp. So I went to WhatsApp and say, hi, Mama Money. Um, and then I got like a, a automated response to like, do you, want, do you have questions regarding, almost like a customer service. Do you have like a, a questions regarding your proof of residence or your ID or receiving your money or tracing your money? Then I obviously uh, chose the relevant one and it got stuck to a certain level, maybe like three levels in or three conversations in. And then they said an agent will reach out to me. An agent reached out to me in less than five minutes and I tried to speak to that agent. Uh, what was slightly frustrating is they didn't have the history of what I'm trying to 
to get help on, you know. If I'm struggling with my ID and I've said I'm struggling with my ID, at least like send the documents I have shared on that WhatsApp conversation so that the agent who picks up my ticket sort of knows what I'm uh, experiencing. So I had to go through the explanation of where I'm stuck with the agent and they automatically approved it. And I send myself uh, money using my standard bank uh, account on Mama Money. And it had to take three days to reach Mama Money. And then Mama Money would, uh, uh, from then, take about one day to uh, send the money. And uh, you have like a status of your transaction that it started, now it's in processing or it's picked up. So mine was like, uh, we are trying to uh, debit your card to send the money to ourselves. Then the next step will be for them to send it to me. And it was stuck there. And after three days, it expired. I also had to go back. Be like, hey, I'm stuck. I've made a transaction. I have proof of resident. I have proof of payment. Then they asked me to share the proof of payment. And they told me to go to the app and reignite it uh, or reinitiate that uh, request again. And I did that, and within like uh, 30 minutes, uh, my money, the money was sent. I was trying to send it to my better number in Tanzania. Then I received, yeah, my uh, maybe 250 Tanzanian shillings in my investor, and I was quite <laughs> excited to see that this is actually working because it's something I've been studying and working in for a while, mm-hmm. but I've never really experienced it. Wow. Can I just ask, like, um, was there no, like, form of anxiety when your money just didn't arrive after day one? Like, you know, I Uh, feel like when you're using a new app, you know, and then it's not something that you you know of and, like, you've put your trust. Did you not feel at one point, like, am I being scammed, you know? I think also uh, I didn't feel that way because I was experimenting. And I think I just sent myself 250 rand or 500 rand. And for me, it was actually trying to see how of how long it will take because Mama Money is actually integrated to the company I work for. And okay. I've seen it on, on the report. So how they actually get from South Africa to Tanzania is in between. They interact with uh, someone like MFS Africa. MFS Africa is the mm-hmm. integrator. And what they try to do is try to see, okay, you're in South Africa, you're trying to send money to Tanzania. Who do we have in our network that we can connect with? And yeah, obviously like Etel and Easy Pesa and Pesa Wazi. So it was for me just like also trying to trace to see is... I haven't the yeah I haven't really experienced mobile money but it's something I work in and I I'm uh, interested in so it was the anxiety was not that much I was <laughs> actually just obsessed with their customer experience the yeah. how does an end user experience it that's true and the thing is I think like um I'll speak in terms of South Africa because I, I think I'm used to interacting with the services here um as customers or consumers rather, we're very spoiled in the sense that if we if there's bad customer service, um, we complain, you know, and we're very quick to complain. So I remember a time when I was sending money to my little cousin in Uganda and he told me to use Mama Money. 
And then I was just like, I went to my mom and I'm like, mom, should I use this thing? And then she's just like, look, if anything were to happen, where do you go? Kind of thing. So for me, I then and it's default. Money, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like I wasn't experimenting. I'm not experimenting. I'm sending you like what you need. Yeah. And so I think um having that like old school sense that you're like, you know what, if I send it through F and B's Forex, I can go back to F and B. There's a physical building, there's like consumer protection rights here. I can go and complain if something doesn't go through. I've got the receipt of what's going on on my app. It's all yeah. the stuff that you're speaking about, you yeah. know, um, that maybe Mama Money um, in the future will will, will um, develop and stuff. But there was a sense of security knowing that I'm dealing with an older company that, um, I, yeah. that I can get to, you know. And I so, I, yeah, it's, it's an interesting... It's an interesting thing because we do want to try new stuff, right? We do want to get involved um, with and support new companies and not just be um, boxed into these like old bureaucratic standards from the past. But at the same time, um, they offer a lot of security. And so, yeah, that's that's my viewpoint. Yeah, on- I get you. I get you, because also I read somewhere when I was going through the process that if I enter the wrong details, it's literally on me. But red is the bank. <laughs> if you like, if you do something wrong, it has that insurance. They can trace it back. They can try to claim yeah. it back. You know, and it just seems like you're almost on your own if something <laughs> goes wrong. But yeah, I feel you on the security thing and mm-hmm. the big names having that uh, security. Yeah. But like you say, I think most things will develop. I've seen a couple of uh, fintechs in South Africa and around uh, the continent where they apply for the highest uh, licenses, like PCI. You know, I think PCI is what? Uh, payment, payment um, I don't know, corporate something. I don't want to lie, but I know when I see that speaker, I know that uh, my money is going through like a secured gate and okay. properly. And uh, it's the highest sort of license that you can get for payments where the banks need to have that license and then you like keep certain standards and you get uh, audited to keep that license. Yes. So I think when they like evolved to that level, I think the acceptance will be. Um, it will improve, you know, knowing that your money is secured. Ladies, you both raised something quite fascinating around money and trust. <laughs> so it's 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 very interesting, like sitting on both sides, um, sitting on both sides of the coin, is there are people who do struggle with digital money. And I think that's also one of the experiences that um like mobile money had to deal with is how do you separate um, the kind of mental model and people are very familiar with holding cash versus cashless. So there's a lot of, of um, there's, there's, there's a whole crazy thing in that space. But then you also meet a new group of people who are very comfortable with um, trusting digital realms or digital cash. Um, like Reg, well, you, it was very easy for you to just put cash on Mama Money and um, hope that hopefully it will arrive and you were just keeping your fingers crossed. But then there's a huge, 
and a massive number of people who are also not very comfortable losing money that they have no control over. So I've been able that, that that's a fancy, fascinating thing that I've, ever, I've been able to pick from um this com- conversation is where do you get your trust from um um relating 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 to money because there has to be some kind of yeah. trust. And I think Lona, yeah. you are really really right because like I see um my sister's um generation and my sister's the age difference between us is I think eight years right. Um, and she is so fast to to get new things. Like she had Snapscan before me, and I feel like we aren't old. We're not the older generation, but like for me, there's just so much um, that she's got got in all her cards. Let's say like Woolworths um, smart, not smart shop. I think it's Woolies um, food card or your pick and pay smart yes. shop card. She's got them all on her phone, you know. Um, versus someone like me, I guess, who got them earlier on um i'm just like but why would i need it on my phone i've got it here and i've seen that the adapting um for someone who was born in the 2000s is faster than for us who were born like in the 1990s or whatever um and i don't know if that's just something that's come with you know they were born at a time when these things were happening therefore they they respond to it easier i'm not too sure but you are so correct when you said that there's a mental shift that has to happen where you're like, I actually trust this thing is going to work, you know. Um, whether it's Apple yeah. Pay or whatever, I'm going to trust it and it's going to yeah. work. Interesting. I think also the, the growing up with these things helps a lot. Because now I see even a three-year-old will ask you for your phone to play a game. <laughs> They're already playing a game. They know how to unlock. It's like yeah. kids who can't even read yet, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is- like yeah. they they definitely gonna be more comfortable than us who picked up on a computer yeah. at I don't know thirteen or fourteen or twelve if you were lucky but yeah I think they they will just trust it <laughs> but also that that also has its pros and cons right definitely definitely yeah uh, ladies yeah I was going to mention like isn't it also kind of shocking or not shocking but interesting that most of these digital platforms like Mama Money, if I'm not mistaken, was developed um, in an Asian market. And so we're seeing that like Asian markets are now designing things for African markets instead of possibly Africans or um, the westernized world. I just found that very interesting when I was researching the app um, that time and my cousin mentioned it to me. Oh, I actually thought it was uh, based in South Africa, but you could be right. Maybe they just rebranded it to something else, but the the caring body is maybe in Asia. But though we can still claim Mbesa. We made Mbesa. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> honestly, there's such a huge um, um, rise in the fintech space across Africa from, uh, you, you probably had what's happening with Flutterwave now, but of course Flutterwave being um, one of those um, kind of fast um, children to just kind of set the set the pace for the, fin- the fintech space. You know, we have like Eversend, Paystack. I, I think Nigeria is doing massive stuff right now. There's heavy, heavy, heavy fintech startups coming, coming up in the space. Um, um, yeah, and 
I think their target market is sub-Saharan Africa, excluding um, SA, because I think SA has its um, its systems highly um, organized. And I think for a very long yeah. time, South Africa was also able to, you know, tap into um, kind of had kind of, a, I don't know, policies or, or stuff in place that allowed um, access into Western Western um, Western markets. So you didn't necessarily have to struggle making online payments via on Apple or on Amazon or via PayPal. You didn't have to do that. But for most of at least sub-Saharan sub-Saharan African countries were completely excluded. So you had to maneuver through very many <laughs> parts to be able to actually make up buy something off Amazon. For a very very long time, that was not possible. And I think that's why we began to see this kind of huge rise in, in in fintech saying hey you know um we are going to figure out how we can access these things because we also want to experience these things or we also want to make a make a purchase but we cannot the rules yeah. have eliminated us um um completely so it was very hard to even make, get an account on paypal it was you needed like a dollar mm. account to sign up for apple um on the yeah. On, on yeah on, on kind of apple store stuff so it was a very eliminating space. But now things are a lot better um, in terms of remitting money from the West back to Africa. And I think it's a two-way street now. Um, yeah. And I think that also came up because of the rise of um, Africans in the diaspora or just kind of people who are living yeah. there and trying to send money back home. It was quite difficult. And um, yeah, survival for the fittest, we had to figure out how to make it work. And um, I think yeah. right now we have tools all over the place. Like, you know, if you want to send money to Uganda, there's so many apps. <laughs> there's EverSend yeah. somewhere, there's cheaper cash, there's Flutterweb. If you want to make, um, mm -hmm. um, you kind of do those online sales of selling event tickets or blah, blah, blah. You, you, I think Flutterweb has done a fantastic job um, sorting out the payment gateway. Yeah, so right now it's a very interesting playground um, across the continent. I don't know if it's, it's, if it's moving too fast, it's getting a bit too scary, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But it's been, it's been very it is, cool actually, it's because if, if you look at the the investment that was attracted by fintech just like a year ago it's no. massive and you're like no. we actually tracking higher than the rest of the world or maybe like tracking on the same levels as asia as far as like fintech and yeah. uh you know investors will always want return on on their investment so we i think it's it's a viable business but what Lona uh, just mentioned that it, it's growing too fast. Sometimes uh, it makes me slightly nervous to see will all of this collide at some point and just be one big thing acquired by someone, maybe Google Pay, or will we still keep the identity and how much, how much series of, of rounds of, of, of investment can you can you raise? Because there's just so many and yeah, but it's nice to see investment. Uh, coming into Africa, especially in the tech mm -hmm. industry. So yeah. And also the but rise ladies, of... Okay. I, I, I want us to quickly move, because I'm interested in your experience in the, the past previous days or the last weeks. Um, have you sent money to someone or to a store? And what was your experience? How were you sending that money? What app did you use? What was interesting or what was painful about that? 
maybe I can start with anyone. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go. Um, so does this also mean like online shopping if I was doing that and stuff, right? Yes, yes. Uh, maybe on uh, your online experience and particularly focusing on your checkout experience. Okay. What was that? Who who did you pay through? Or oh, yeah, what was the experience there? So um, I think my last experience. Can I tell you about it? Um, I was given a voucher to Superbulist, okay, and um, I ordered things using that voucher. So obviously. First of all, there's that um, transaction of whoever gave me the voucher, putting the money into superfluous hands, you know, um, and then me seamlessly getting an email with this code, which is, it was a very quick process, you know, almost inst- instantaneous. Um, and then I ordered something. And with superfluous, I think they've got it down to a fine art now um, um, because they've been doing it for some time, you know. Um, and so I ordered what I needed to order and I got a tracking number and everything was coming, you know, in due time and a prediction is going to come by Friday, whatever. But an interesting thing happened um, that the goods that I actually ordered by mistake, um, Superbalist had um, signaled that one of the goods was not available um, and then they had to cancel the order. So I got an email um, on the day when it was supposed to arrive and it said, sorry, we've canceled the order. There was a mishap in inventory and we're very sorry for this, you know. Um, but to apologize, we're going to give you 10% off your next order, you know, plus the money back into your wallet. And for me, that experience was kind of like, it was almost as if they knew that they need to protect the customer and need to protect their integrity. So by them giving me an extra 10%, it put me in a good zone. It was like, okay, um, I definitely like Superbulous because when they mess up, they tell me, you know, and they also yeah. pay for it in a way. Um, so I think for me, it was a very positive experience. And I, I, I've never experienced such a thing ever when I've been online shopping, never that inventory was not around or never that um, someone gave me more more money, you know. Um, so that was, yeah, that was my latest one. It was quite, it was quite nice, I guess. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Barbara. Lona, did you send money to someone lately? Uh, <laughs> yes. What was the experience? What did you use? Uh, I have already picked up the Joran MTN money person. Uh, let me tell you, um, first, COVID did this thing. Um, going back to the trust thing, um, so Ugandans for a very long time needed physical cash. Like I need, if if you show up at my shop, I needed to get cash from you for you to purchase when you're purchasing anything. But COVID forced us to kind of go online. So there was a trust issue of how do I guarantee that you'll actually pay for the good um, that you're ordering for versus how do I deliver a product to you and guarantee that you'll pay for it. Um, so it was a two-way street, the customer and the, the, the what, is, what is it called, the, the, the seller, still not trusting each other because I'm not sure if I'll send a product to you and you'll, you'll be able to pay versus I may pay and you may not be able to deliver. But COVID did this thing where it forced us to then trust each other <laughs> because we needed each other. I needed the product and then they needed to make a sale, right? So that 
we saw a massive change during COVID and going back to where I am today is uh, I'll take you through the two-step process of purchasing something online. So Instagram is the new marketplace. We don't really have that many um, like superbalist standalone marketplaces, but we have Jumia, but then a lot of businesses went online. Instagram, WhatsApp stories, um, those are the new, <laughs> that's where you do all your shopping. So yeah, so the two-step process is, hey, reach out to this person. I am interested in this pair of shoes, um, that pair of shoes. She's like, great, I'll deliver, deliver it on this day. I'll pay via mobile money. Now, the two-step process is I do a bank, bank to wallet. So from my bank account, my traditional bank account, um, it allows for you to transact directly into your mobile money account. Um, and that they, that they call that the wallet. And then from the wallet, you can easily be able to dis, um, disperse. So from my post bank account down to my MTN mobile money account, um, that is like two seconds work. It's very, very simple. Um, the post bank has an app, then you just initiate a bank to wallet transaction, the amount ETC, and then move on to mobile money. So that's like a two, 30 second process. Now that I have the money on the mobile money wallet, I can now disperse it to um, 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 the sales lady. So then that's also two like 30 seconds. So the whole process from um, from for the whole transaction process is like a minute tops. Um, that's also because you know you're doing lots of USSDs and blah blah blah, making sure that you're inserting the correct um, the correct number. And um, yeah, yeah, I think that that that, that is. That is it. It's like a two-step process, simple one-minute um, transaction from buy. Do, do you to have sell. to use uh, USSD all the time, Rona, or can you maybe take this to this process to an app like the? Yeah. So there is an app. There, there is a standalone app. It's just been hard for me to. This is the thing. I've always been a believer that I do not need thousands of apps. I always need the most important app. MTN does have a standalone app that allows you to make this transaction. I'm just more comfortable with the USSD because the app, oh yes, this is the catch. The app is data, data, um, data. Oh yes, data, right? Yes, mm -hmm. and then the USSD is dataless. Yeah. So there's that. So you, yeah. That's so the catch, yes. That's, that's the accessibility thing. That is the that's the catch. So in the event that I don't have data, I I would um, I I fall back to um, I would definitely fall back to the USSD. And I think for me, just looking at how easy it is then to um, hack some of these apps, you have your passwords in there. USSD, there is not really yeah. a password that anybody can track online. Yeah. yeah, that makes it also for me personally. It's harder to be hacked on the USSD methodology mm -hmm. than if you had, you know, your apps open somewhere and yeah. somebody had access to them. So yeah, but but for the bank, I use the app and then I just transfer that to the wallet, which is dataless, and then do the transaction in a dataless way. But if you if you'd prefer, there's the option. There's definitely the option to to use the app. Um, but I'm very. I'm but very, would you say? Would you say in a month, do you use the app more or do you use the bank more? What do you so, use the bank for? So I use the bank. So this is the, so my, this, the digital bank. So the app of the bank is what I use as kind of my ATM. 
you know, I know I don't really need to visit. <laughs> yeah. I don't really need to visit the bank for any transaction. I don't really need to visit the bank, um, the ATM for any um, transaction. You can you can use the same methodology of um, kind of like the, the point, the what is it, the POS, the POS, the payment, those POS, um, like swiping. Yeah. That yeah. Um, pull, uh, yeah. I get you. So the that becomes. The point of sale. Yeah. I yeah. You instead of using my card, um, I have the option to just directly uh, transact um, without necessarily swiping. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. And it actually reminds me of um, a, a friend you have connected me with, uh, Barbara in Dar Salaam. So mm -hmm. we were catching up. We all started together, and um, we're catching up. And when we had to pay, he just pulled out his Mpesa um, app and paid for the ice cream just mm -hmm. by like almost scanning and the mobile money was there. I realized <laughs> the charges on the POS, they're not warranted to some extent if you can just like have your yeah. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. And also like um, just on that whole POS kind of um, trip, um, it's kind of interesting how nowadays, for instance, uh, I had to cancel one of my cards because I thought that there was fraud and um, huh. I needed to obviously go and get a new bank, I mean, a new bank card and stuff. But they then sent me a message saying, but you can use your virtual card in the meantime. And I just thought like, hey, this is quite a cool thing because back in the day, you'd actually physically have to get to the bank as soon as possible. But I think it's been over like yeah. two months and I haven't been to the bank to get my new card because I'm using my virtual card. Your virtual and, card, yeah. wow. But do you just tap and go in any of the POS? Yeah, yeah. So the, the card that I'm using um, has integrated SnapScan and Zappa into it. So um, the virtual card is linked to that. And wherever there's, I guess, a, I mean, wherever there's a barcode, that you can scan. That's when you can actually use um, this, this virtual card. Um, and also I could then also put it into Apple Pay and then with Apple Pay, then I can just tap, you know? So it actually makes yeah. it quite versatile to, to maneuver mm. through life, you know? It's like an integrated um, system to whatever yeah. you have at that time, you can pay with it. Mm. Okay, ladies, let's go to the last point. The last point I wanted us to discuss was um, now that we've shared our stories with uh, spending money online or sending spending money to send to someone, and uh, let's rate uh, maybe at, like on level of one star to five star, how do we rate these apps? And... Um, what do we think they made of? You know, if you know what Superbalist is made of, Barbara, you can share. But if you don't know, you can make a wild guess because I definitely <laughs> don't know what Mama Money is. Okay, first I will rate Mama Money at maybe a decent 3.54. They kept communicating. They tried to connect me to the next line of help <laughs> when I got stuck. So I'll give them 3.54, uh, and I'm quite interested to see how they develop. I know they also raise some money, so that means more talent for them, more technical talent and talent 
throughout. So I'm quite interested to see how they develop and how they expand. But yeah, I'm giving them a four actually based on that they are a startup and they based in South Africa as far as I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they on the continent, they doing the work. So kudos to them. I don't know what they made of, but from my experience, I would say it's something light. So it could be maybe uh, something uh, Java, not Java, uh, um, yeah, JavaScript, um, uh, yeah, JavaScript based. It could maybe be, I don't know, definitely on the front end, it's as light as like React. And at the back, I don't know what they're using, but uh, I think it is to some extent uh, microservices because when I broke one service, it did not break, break the whole app. That's my guess. But yeah, I don't know what that will be made of. Maybe Java or still they will stick to the JavaScript and maybe have something like Node.js at the back. But yeah, the experience was nice. I loved the green colors and it was simple to use. And I knew exactly where my money is or what happened to my transaction at any point just by logging in. Yeah, uh, following up on on the money or the uh, inquiry I had. So over to you, Lorna. Can you rate your experience or the app and maybe how, what do you think they made of or if you know? I haven't yet figured out, I think I'll do that after this, really figured out the the, the stack of um, mobile money. I'm sure it's open source, it should be available somewhere, but I'm not quite sure what it is. But honestly, mobile money has, I mean, this is this is the guy who, the chick I've, I've, I've worked with in all kind of formats, utilities, um, tuition, um, what is it called, events, mob, anything. So I'll give it a solid five, um, honestly, but because they're also way ahead of the game. This is something that, I mean, by the time they're where they are now, this is probably 20, 15, 20 plus years of development and perfection. And I would be fair to the newcomers, the young fintechs, the startups coming up. The new banks, Eversend, Eversend came in at a time when I urgently needed to receive a payment um, coming in from, what was it coming in from? It was coming from the US to Uganda. So that was super, super great. Came in instantly, solved my problems. However, I could not send um, back backwards. So I couldn't send the other way around. Um, so that was, um, yeah, that was, that was a bummer. I would give them a three because they still have a lot of work to do, a couple of bugs to fix. But I, I think if, all these apps or put their resources together and build a hyper African neobank, I think it would be super, super cool. But yeah, ever since 3.5, Flutterweb for all the press they get for all the, the kind of bubble boom, I would give them a 2.5. I, I, I expected a lot more from Everson. I was heavily disappointed, but also <laughs> maybe because I, I don't know, I honestly don't know what's going on. But for a unicorn, um, I, I was very, very disappointed. Unreachable customer care, bags. Um, I just don't know what was going on. So I'll give them a two, honestly, a one. Um, what, what, when was one. that? When, when was that, Lona? <laughs> so 
my gosh. So I wanted to make, so I wanted to make, um, I, I don't know what it was, what I was trying to purchase off, um, was it Amazon? Mm. And I needed a virtual card. So I needed to create one of those virtual um, debit cards because my traditional bank, bank card was not being accepted. What was I making a payment for? I was making a payment for something. I don't know what it was, but I knew Flutterwave was my guy. They, they were the ones going to solve yeah. my problem. And um, yes, I went, you know, there was this whole thing of you need to transfer, I don't know what your amount in Ugandan shillings to dollars. And remember the crazy exchange rates there. Um, and then that went, that happened. Then you had to transfer that into the, the virtual card. And then that is where everything stopped. And I failed to get help. Their social media platforms are just unresponsive. Um, it was just a very weird thing. The app kept hanging 90% of the time. I had to restart it. You know, I thought it was my problem. Oh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not quite sure what people are doing with my flatware. It could be me who's not familiar with what to, what to do, but I was very, very disappointed for um, And an they're, getting, that, they're getting a lot, a lot of press exactly. here. They actually, yeah. Based on the press alone, they, I've been having a career crush on Flutterwave. I'm like, yeah, uh, he, honestly, I was, I was like, these are the big dogs in the game. They should know what yeah. they're doing. But I, I, I didn't understand what was happening. But again, it could be me, but the app just kept hanging. So I'll give them a Yeah, two. it's your experience. It's your experience. <laughs> so I'll give them a, a sad two uh, for a unicorn. Yeah, I'll give them a yeah. two. <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna rate Superplus, but before I rate them, um, so I just quickly was googling while we were talking. So I got um the names mixed up. My cousin asked me to use the app called Sendwave. Um, it, it has its origins in the U.S. Oh, yes. a, yeah, so it's a U.S. and Senegal-based company. Um, so yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Um, but yeah, Mamma Mia is definitely South African. It's like all glittered online. Um. For me, honestly, when it comes to mobile apps and like shopping online, I feel like Take A Lot and Superbalist um, being one, you know, they've really come in heavy in South Africa. Um, I think if if anyone shops online for, for goods in South Africa, we always compare our experience to Take A Lot or Superbalist because they're, they're just like impeccable in terms of how they communicate with you also how they deal with returns. Um, and so they've got that down. I don't know how long it took. Um, I'm sure in the beginning it was a bit dicey because obviously there was first Kalahari and I think then Kalahari was then absorbed into Take A Lot. So they had that knowledge from the past and stuff like that. Um, so for me, the experience, just because honestly, there's no other experience better in South Africa, I would give them, maybe just not to give them a five, I'd give them a 4.5. Um, but it's been a good experience using <laughs> them. But to I give them total. You know, I mean, someone used to want to give you a total so they can improve, but like um, a 4.5 or 4. Point, let me say 4.9. Since everyone is changing their scores, a 4.9. <laughs> um, just because, yeah. They, they, well done, right, take a lot. You know? <laughs> just 1% <laughs> of 100%. <laughs> They've probably pumped in a lot of money in understanding that I think as time moves on, consumers are going to be so perplexed with different types of options that one thing that's going to draw and keep people with you is the age-old thing of having a connection with people and how you treat people. And so you can have the best app in the world, but if your app doesn't treat people right, people will move, you know. 
um, and they've got that down. Yeah. Uh, ladies, we're actually just over an hour now, so I think it's a, we might need to wrap this up. Any last thoughts on money and how money evolves? Lona, you can start if you have anything <laughs> while I think. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I'm very no, I'm very interested in the future of um what is it called? Like decentralized um money. So the direction which crypto is going, where there's no kind of um keeper that everybody has an equal playing field. I think I'm very I'm very, very excited for um for that time. I think Africa has a place a place in this movement and if all these micro neobanks and all these fintech companies come together and put together a massive um what is it called a massive um startup of business or financial institution i think it's going to be a global game changer but i'm i'm, I'm very curious to see how those two places um um play out um, for me, I also I think I agree with your sentiments, Lona. I'm quite excited to see what happens. Um, excited to see us using less, you know, um, physical money. I want us to to operate in a more um, digital way. Um, and I think that stems from even like when I want to go and do my hair. I don't want to have to carry notes of money with me. You know, I just want to to get there and be able to pay and have it seamless. So I think. It's one of those things where it's going to be an interesting journey. I'm sure pe people in this space um, have a lot of um, insight into how it's going to unfold and everything. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see that things are are improving in a very short um, amount of time. Um, I can just think about when I was younger and my parents used to use checks and now like checks are something of the past, you know, ask someone who was born in 2000 if they know what a check is and they might say no. Um, so it's an ever-changing space and I think there's a lot of opportunity in it. Mm. Speaking of checks, I've never really used or exchanged like a check ever in my life, but at least I know how a check looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my brother knows. <laughs> a check, this it'll be true. like, are you, are you referring to a check card? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I share the same sentiments with um, what you just shared, Barbara, and what Lona um, was sharing in here. That, um, yeah, the, the future of money is quite interesting. But the fact that it's actually now moving digitally. And the space of crypto, I'm quite interested to see what else um, are we able to do with uh, visual money, uh, as we may call it, or refer to it, or mobile money, as we may call it. Like, are we going to be able to pay for your hair, like you just mentioned, Barbara? Are we able to, like, the accessibility of it? Can I go to a spaza shop? and just buy something using my mobile money you know and can i even buy an nft or invest in property using the future of money and um studying the the movement or the evolution um, 
quite closely and yeah, I'm quite excited to see what's still in the future. Uh, thank you, Lona. Thank you, Barbara, for coming and talking about the music today. I appreciate the time and I hope to chat to you soon, maybe on this podcast. Bye. Yay. Thank you. Thanks, Reggie. Bye, Bye ladies. Bye. <laughs>